So often, we think we have a focus problem, and in reality, we have a vision problem. If you don't have a vision for where you're going as a person, as a leader, and as a business, how on earth could you possibly know what to focus on? Have audacious vision, but pair that audacious vision with a relentless commitment to execution. Well, hey there, my name is Alex Judd. I'm the founder of Path for Growth, and this is the Path for Growth podcast. Now, as a business, we exist to help impact-driven leaders step into who they are created to be so that others may benefit and God may be glorified. And that's what we're going to accomplish today because today's lesson is titled Four Tactics for Your Time. And I want to let you know that we're going to talk about this topic in a way that's very practical and very actionable. And therefore, we created a PDF that really helps you walk along with the content. It's got tables and it's got an example of my ideal week because that's going to be one of the practices that we teach in this episode. And it's just an incredible resource to help you take what we talk about today and actually apply it. So if you want to download that PDF, just go to the show notes of this episode, click the link, and we want to make sure you have that resource that our team created to be able to follow along with everything we're talking about and actually put some feet to what we're talking about. Because what we're talking about today is incredibly crucial. We've already stated that we're talking about one of your most valuable and finite resources. We're talking about your time. And so often, whenever we get into this topic of talking about the leader's time, almost always, the conversation starts to revolve around time management. We've all heard that phrase, oh, I just need to manage my time better. I just need to focus on time management. I need to get better in the arena of time management. And I have nothing against time management. In fact, one of the things we're going to talk about today is there is a season for time management. But so often, what I've seen in my time working with impact-driven leaders, in my time observing the entrepreneurs that I get to work with in the Path for Growth membership program, and then also in my time leading and running the business that we have right now, is that a lot of times I don't need to focus on managing my time. I need to focus on leading my time. And so often people think they have a time management problem when in reality they have a time leadership problem. And you will never manage your way into time leadership because what is time management? Well, time management is your time telling you where to go. And certainly there's seasons where our calendar needs to tell us where to go and there's great value to adhering to the calendar, to the plan, to the consistent execution of what we've laid out. But that doesn't really matter. That doesn't really work if we don't have the right calendar, if we don't have the right plan, if we don't have established priorities. And where do you do all of that? You do all of that in the arena and the sphere of time leadership. So what I wanted to talk about today is, number one, the difference between time management and time leadership. And that's where this PDF is going to be really, really helpful because we've got a table that clearly lays out these differences. And then from there, I just want to step into what are four tactics? What are four things you can do to engage in time leadership in this season? Because here we are at the beginning of the year, and this is a great time for you to establish priorities, for you to tell your time where to go, and for you to make sure that you're leading into this year instead of reacting into this year. That's what I want so bad for you, but it's also what I want so bad for your team. So let's start by talking about the difference between time time management, and time leadership. 
And I want to talk about what time management does, and then we'll talk about what time leadership does. And again, this is all outlined in the table that's in your PDF. So what does time management do? Well, time management executes on established priorities. So time management is focused on execution. We've got the priorities established, and now we just need to execute on those priorities. We're just going to put action to the priorities that have been established. What else does time management do? Well, it maximizes the structure that's been given to it. So when we're focused on maximizing our time, the structure is already in place. The calendar has already been created. Now, what we need to think about is, was that calendar created accidentally or intentionally? And that all falls in the realm of time leadership, which we're going to get to here in just a second. But time management just says, okay, this is the structure that I've been given. How do I maximize that? How do I optimize its efficiency? Number one, focusing on productivity and its effectiveness. But time management isn't focused on reinventing the schedule. The manager just focuses on operationalizing and optimizing the schedule that it's been given. What is time management accountable to? Well, time management is accountable to the calendar. The thing that you are basing your success on is your adherence to the calendar that you're following. That's the time management priority is are we sticking to the calendar? Are we sticking to the priorities that we've laid out? So what is time management like when it's at its best? What is time management like when it's at its worst? I want to be very clear. I'm not degrading time management because there is a season for time management. And actually, in the life of an impact-driven leader, I think a lot of our time should be spent within this arena of time management, but it has to be supported by effective and intentional time leadership, which we're going to talk about here in just a second. Because time management, when it's at its best, it's remarkably consistent. When you are effective in the arena of time management, you are someone that can be depended on. You are someone that is reliable. You are someone that has order and structure and rhythm and routine. You are someone that is consistent. I want that so bad for you, and I want that so bad for your team because so often this is an area where creative entrepreneurs struggle, and boy, I'm going to take us to task towards the end of this episode because it's so crucial that we engage in the practice of time management at the right time and not degrade it. Now, what is it like when it's at its worst? Well, when time management is not simultaneously paired with time leadership, it becomes reactive and irresponsible. If you are simply managing and reacting to the time that you've been given, then no one's leading. And that, by nature, is irresponsible. So time management without time leadership is reactive. It's irresponsible. And it's not going to be productive, ultimately, because it's not rooted in a higher vision, a higher calling, or a higher sense of priority. So what I really want you to hear in this section is that we need both. And then as we jump into the tactics, we're going to talk about the interplay between both and how we weave these in. So now let's talk about time leadership. So we said time management executes on established priorities. Well, time leadership establishes those priorities. It takes time leadership to get above the business, to get above the day-to-day, to get above the tactical, and ask the question, what's important right now? What's important for this season? Now, that's a very different question than what do I want to do in this season, or what's convenient in this season, or what am I most excited about in this season? 
It's also about the season. It's not about the day. It's not about the moment. It's not about the week. So we're going to establish a sense of priorities for the season that we are in. That's time leadership. Then time leadership defines necessary structure. So we say, okay, what are the priorities? What's important? And then how do we create structure where those priorities can come to life in our calendar? Now, time management is going to maximize that given structure, but time leadership defines what that structure is. We said that time management was accountable to the calendar. What is time leadership accountable to? Well, time leadership is accountable to the vision because it takes a leader to say, okay, what's the vision for where we're going? And then how does that impact how we're using this incredibly valuable yet finite resource we have today? So we're saying, how do we make the calendar work for the vision? So we want people that work for the calendar, and there are times when we need to work for the calendar, right? We need to be accountable to the calendar. But that is a really, really dangerous strategy if the calendar isn't accountable to the vision. We need to be accountable to the calendar. The calendar needs to be accountable to the vision. Time leadership, what is it at its best? Well, it's incredibly strategic. By nature, time leadership is rooted in getting above and ahead of where you currently are, and that's what strategic work is. What is time leadership at its worst? Erratic. This person can be a nightmare to work with if you're not careful. And we're going to hit home on this because time leadership, if you're only engaging that and you're not pairing it and mirroring it with effective time management, then it becomes incredibly spontaneous, erratic, undependable, and unreliable. So that's the difference between time management and time leadership. Time leadership establishes the priorities in context of the greater vision and then says, let's create structure for all this. And then time management is let's execute on this structure. Let's make sure we're applying ourselves to the plan that we've established. And what I want you to hear before we jump into the tactics, because we're going to focus on tactics for time leadership because that's so relevant this time of year. What I want you to hear is that you need to be able to do both. You don't need to be an expert at both, but you do need to be able, as an impact-driven leader, if you want to maximize your effectiveness, you need to be able to do both. You need to be able to wear the time leader hat, and then you need to take off that hat for a season and put on the time management hat. And we're going to talk about what that interchange, what that interplay looks like here further down in the episode. So now let's walk into the four tactics for time leadership, and these are going to be the hyper-tactical things that you can do to make sure that you are effectively leading your time. Number one is going to be establish overarching seasonal priorities. Number two is going to be create an ideal week template. Number three is schedule weekly evaluation. And then number four is shift from time leadership into time management. So those are the four tactics. We're going to break them down now. And then at the end, we'll close out by talking about the dangers of not doing this and paying attention to this, and then the benefits of actually paying attention to this and actually attending to the things that we're talking about. So we said number one was establish overarching seasonal priorities. It's so crucial that whenever you enter into a new season, maybe this is a new quarter for the business. Maybe this is a new year like we've just entered into right now. Maybe it's after Christmas 
Christmas break. Maybe it's at the halftime mark of the year, or maybe it's just you've completed a large bulk of work within the business and you can just kind of get that intuition. You can just kind of get that feeling that the season is changing. Many of you know what I'm talking about here, where it's like you finish something or you just become aware of the fact that this season is coming to a close. We did what we set out to do, and now we're about to enter into a new season. We are entering into a new thing. It's so important that when we enter into that new season, we don't copy and paste our old priorities. I'm going to say that again. It's so important that when you as a leader enter into a new season, you don't copy and paste your old priorities. Because if you have a new season, probably that new season is dedicated towards getting new results that all support the long-term vision that you have for your business. And if you always do what you've always done, you're always going to get what you've always got. And so we can't just naturally prioritize what we've prioritized in the previous season. So we need to pay attention. We need to say, okay, what are our priorities in this season? What do we need to focus on in this season? And so how do we go about identifying what these priorities should be for the season that we are in? Well, I believe that there's five things that should inform what your priorities are in this season as a leader, and these are all listed in your PDF. Number one, these priorities should be informed by your long-term vision. And I'm talking about your vision for the business. I'm also talking about your vision for yourself as a leader. But so often we think we have a focus problem and in reality we have a vision problem. Because if you don't have a vision for where you're going as a person, as a leader, and as a business, how on earth could you possibly know what to focus on? So we need to make sure that we have a crystal clear vision of where we are going. Like crystal clear, like one sentence that encapsulates the direction that we are trying to take the business and the direction that you are trying to take your leadership. You need to have a vision. And if that's something that you're still working on or you're still trying to focus on or you don't really really have an understanding of how to create that. We've done episodes in the past. There's an episode called Creating an Expansionary Vision that really walks you through what that means to have a vision that is of a future that isn't the present. And so it will walk you through those steps. But you need to make sure that your priorities are informed by that long-term vision. Your priorities should also be informed by your responsibilities. Within the Path for Growth community, we create KRAs, and so that's key results areas, and every member works on creating the key results areas for themselves as a leader and then also for their team, and that's absolutely crucial that you understand what are the things that I am uniquely responsible for because obviously those need to impact and affect your priorities. So we said your priorities should be informed by your vision, they should be informed by your responsibilities, They also need to be informed by your passions. Now, don't hear what I'm not saying here, okay? When I say they need to be informed by your passions, I'm not saying that you need to be absolutely unicorns and rainbows excited about every single priority that you have in this season. Because there's a whole other podcast episode that we could do, probably be a little bit more of a philosophical podcast on the fact that the etymology of the word passion, the root of the word passion is actually tied to the word suffering. Isn't that crazy? That's something to think about. So when I say passion, I'm not just talking about like you have this plastered smile across your face all the time. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is you've got to be excited about the process and the results to a degree because otherwise, even if you call it a priority, you're probably not going to do it. 
So can you at least, at the very least, get excited about the results that this priority is going to create? And certainly, it's even better if you can get excited about the process and the results. That's where people slip into being trapped by a business that they never wanted to own because they constantly establish or follow, don't lead priorities that don't in any way align with what they're passionate about. And they just continually do that. And it stacks and stacks and stacks and stacks. And then one day they think they're going to love the life that they've created. But in reality, you've been doing things that have been making you miserable for years This is why it takes awareness. This is why it takes intuition. This is why it takes intentionality. Pay attention to what you're passionate about and ask yourself the question, am I passionate about the process and am I passionate about the results that this priority will create? It should obviously also align with your strengths. And we could spend an entire episode on this, and we actually kind of did on the topic of effective delegation, the episode with Brian Miles and the episode with Shannon Miles, where they talked about, man, if you're doing things that don't align with your strengths, there's a word for what you should do with those. Delegate them. You're probably not the best at everything you're doing right now, and that is a raging sign that you need to delegate those things so that you can focus on the things that you are strong in because that's your contribution to the team as a leader. So your priorities should be informed by your vision. They should be informed by your responsibilities. They should be informed by your passions. They should be informed by your strengths, and then finally, they should be informed by the season that you are in. This is not just about the priorities that you want to have right now. This is the priorities that your team, your business, and your life need you to have right now, right? And so there's a lot of things that could be exciting. They just might also be exciting two years from now. And so often I see that leaders hamstring the growth of their team because they're focused on the things they want to prioritize instead of the things that demand they prioritize right now. And so... That stuff will come, and I really believe that, and I really believe the healthy, life-giving, sustainable way is to focus on what we need to focus on now so that we focus on what we get to focus on later. And there's nothing to say that the things that we need to focus on now don't connect to our vision, our responsibilities, our passions, and our strengths as well. So we need to ask ourselves, do these priorities fit with the season that I am in? I'll tell you, this this one right here is really, really relevant. Path for Growth has uh, just really been an absolute blast over the course of the past seven months since we started this business. And one of the things that comes with having a lot of fun and having some initial success with what you do is that opportunities come, right? And opportunities, a lot of times can be a really good thing, but opportunities at the same time can be the thing that distract you from the place that you actually should be going. And so that's what I've experienced leading this business is we've had some opportunities come our way that are absolutely awesome. And I've failed sometimes at this. Sometimes I've been successful, but the thing that I need to focus on is maybe and what actually connects to what's important right now. And to the other things that are really, really cool, it's not no, it's just not yet. My assistant Lane did this incredible thing. She set up a dream board for us. And we just, we just, anytime we think of something that it's like, oh, I want to do this. I had the idea the, the other day. We didn't have a Path for Growth children's book. And we didn't have a Path for Growth coffee shop and brewery. Like we need to do all these things, right? We need to have a live event now. We need to have a Path for Growth conference. And I have all these ideas of things that I want to do, things that are opportunities right now that could be in front of us if we actually focused on them. And, and whenever we put them on the dream board, we're not saying no, we're just saying not yet because it's not for this season. 
So what are my priorities for this season? Well, I've got three overarching priorities for myself in this season, and you're going to see them reflected in the next point. My priority number one is to study and learn. I need to be a student of growth because if I'm building a company that is centered on the topic of healthy, life-giving, and sustainable growth, and I want this company to be around 20 years from now, well, then I need to apply myself to becoming one of the world's leading experts on healthy, life-giving, and sustainable growth. So I need to study and learn. The second priority that I have in this season is to create and share. This is directly related to one of our core values, which is that strength is for service. John Maxwell says, don't be a reservoir be a river. And that's the kind of leader that I want to be. I want to study and learn so that I can create content, curate content, and share it with all of you. And that's what we do on this podcast. And then the final piece and the final priority is that I need to make sure I'm serving and connecting. This for me is really the people priority, right? It's it's the time that I spend in one-on-one conversations with our clients. It's the phone calls that I take. It's the podcast interviews that I do for other podcasts and things like that. It's the intentional conversations that I have with the people that are part of our membership community. It's the interviews that we do for their team members because that's one of the things that we do with Path for Growth is we help interview team members of the leaders that operate in our program. And so those are all things that I love to do and I need to make sure I'm prioritizing prioritizing, serving, and connecting. So those are my priorities in this season. It's study and learn, create and share, serve and connect. Now, obviously on the calendar, we get way more focused on how those actually come into fruition, but those are my overarching priorities. Will those be my priorities for next season? I don't know, probably not, but they are the priorities that I have for this season. So we said that we need to establish overarching seasonal priorities. The next thing that we need to do is create an ideal week template. So we want to take those seasonal priorities and we want to bring those into a calendar template that says, okay, if we were to have an absolute home run, grand slam, knock it out of the park week where we just adhered to the schedule in such a way that it created the optimal results within the priorities that we've established for this season What would that week look like? And I would tell you, this is something you should do with someone. This is why it's unbelievable to have an assistant. My assistant, Lane, I've talked about her on here so many times. She's an absolute rock star. And she actually led this process for me. She walked me through the creation of my ideal week. And we walked through what it would look like for me to have an absolute home run week. Now, are we creating this because we're going to knock it out of the park every single week? No, we're creating it because we need to have a vision of what success looks like. So many of you feel guilty and feel like you're losing in your schedule. And one of the reasons why you feel like you're losing in your schedule is because you never clarified what winning looks like. That's what the creation of an ideal week is. So all you have to do is open a blank calendar on Google and then just schedule out your priorities and say, okay, where would we want to place these things and how are we going to allocate this resource called time to make sure that we're accomplishing what we need to accomplish in this season. That's why I think the PDF on this episode is going to be really valuable for you because we shared with you what my ideal week looks like for this season. And what we do is we create it as an overlay on Google and then Lane, my assistant, who schedules everything that I'm involved in, she overlays it with my schedule. And then we look, and we're that's going to be the next point, we look at how the ideal week compares to the actual week and how are we doing. And she lets the ideal week inform how we're scheduled 
scheduling things moving forward. So I want you to check that out on the PDF and that's available in the show notes. But once you've created your ideal week, I want to walk you through eight questions that you should use to evaluate whether it's the right ideal week or not. And so these are eight questions you can do to make sure that you've got the ideal week correct. Because again, this is a really important thing because it's really your vision for what winning looks like for your time, which is again, one of the most valuable resources that you have. So let's walk through these eight questions that you can use to evaluate the ideal week draft that you create. Number one, does this schedule represent my greatest contribution to the long-term vision of the business and also your long-term vision for your life? That's really important. Number two, if I execute on this plan, if I execute on this week, week after week after week, will I be winning in the results that matter most? So that's really important because you need to know what the results that matter most are. Will you be winning in those if you execute on this plan? Number three, will this schedule complement or compete with my priorities outside of work. Here's the deal. You could design an ideal week. I know this is possible because I've seen people do it before. You could design an ideal week that doesn't include your family. Ruh-roh, that's a problem. You could design an ideal week that doesn't include any time for rest. You could design an ideal week that doesn't give you time to be re-nourished and refueled and restored. I want you to hear me. We need to create an ideal week where your business could win and your family can win and you can win personally all at the same time. It's possible. You were given 24 hours for a reason. It's not like you need more time. You don't need more time. Many of you need to stop doing less stuff, but you do not need more time. If you needed more time, you would have been given more time, but you were given 24 hours. And so with that, that's where time management comes into play. You need to say, okay, what do, what can I do with this 24 hours to make sure that I'm maintaining health in all the areas that matter? And if you're saying, man, I could win at work, but this ideal week is going to make mean that I sacrifice family, it's not worth it. Stop it. That's not ideal. Since when would that be your ideal week? So you need to evaluate it through the lens of this should complement what I want for my family, what I want for my personal life, not compete with it. The next question, does this calendar reflect my seasonal priorities? So for the priorities that you have for this season that we talked about earlier, does it reflect those priorities? Number five, does this plan include margin for the unexpected and the strategic? As a leader, you have to leave time for the unexpected. Because the unexpected, we have no clue what it will be. The thing that we do know is that it will occur. And when it occurs, if you're operating at 120% capacity and you have no room for anything, you're going to have to create fires to deal with the unexpected that you could have planned for. And so anticipate the unexpected so that you're proactive in that season and not reactive. Include margin in the ideal week. Does this calendar prioritize people? If you're an impact-driven leader, that means that you want to make a difference. And we don't make a difference on the world, really. We don't make a difference on our community, really. We don't make a difference for our team, really. We make a difference in the lives of others. You're making a difference for people. And so that's what impact-driven leadership is all about. And so if there's not intentional people time allocated in your ideal week, it's not your ideal week. If you're an impact-driven leader, it's not. If you're not an impact-driven leader, it may be. But, but if you want to be an impact-driven leader, you have to schedule time intentionally for people. Can I sustain excitement for this schedule within this season? 
Again, we talked about it being something that you're passionate about. If you can't be passionate at all about this for the season that you're in, well, then it's probably not the ideal week. You've got to be somewhat excited about this because if you can't get excited about it, then you're probably climbing the wrong ladder. And you're going to get to the top of that ladder and realize, shoot, I just did a lot of work for a destination that I never actually wanted to reach. Don't do that. It's not worth it. The final question, does the schedule acknowledge my need for rest and restoration? This is so crucial. Here's what I'll tell you. My ideal week includes a Sabbath on Sunday where I do no work. And I've heard a description of this before that a a friend shared with me that Sabbath, effective rest, a rest day means that I'm not doing things that are tied to increasing my influence or my income. And on my ideal week, I have 24 hours where that's the case. And I would advise the same for you because you need, this is not you acknowledging that you want rest. This is you acknowledging that when you play full out and when you actually accomplish everything that you need to accomplish, when you prioritize the way you need to, when you pour yourself out in service of others, you have to have one day, one day a week that is restorative where you regain strength so that you can then turn around and pour it out in service of others. That has to be part of your ideal week. I believe that at the core of my being. So we said, number one, we're going to establish overarching seasonal priorities. Number two, we're going to create an ideal week. Now, the next one, and we're just going to touch on this pretty quickly, we're going to schedule weekly evaluation. Again, we're going to schedule weekly evaluation because here's the principle behind this. You will not accidentally adhere to the ideal. It's never going to happen on accident. Just because you create this in this time of time leadership where you create the ideal week, you cast the vision for where you want your time to go. It's not like, boom, suddenly it happens. It doesn't work that way, right? And so we need to schedule weekly checkpoints where we just say, how's the actual compared to the ideal? Again, we're going to look at the calendar and we're going to ask the question, how does the actual, look at the actual overlay on your Google calendar or Outlook or whatever you use, how does the actual compare to the ideal? This is something that my assistant and I do every single week and it's something that honestly most times we end up doing twice a week. This is one of the reasons why I just think that if you have a product or service that is proven in the marketplace so you know that it meets a need in the marketplace, then why would you not hire an assistant right now? If you know that you have a product or service that meets a need in the marketplace, then one of your primary priorities has to be figuring out how we can leverage the time that we have and the resources that we have to meet those needs in the marketplace. And anytime you're spending organizing your email or making sure that your calendars actually looks good or making sure that that everything's where it should be or logistically planning out things and stuff like that or booking your travel – It doesn't make any sense because that's time that you're not spending figuring out how your product or service that you know works meets needs for the people that your business exists to serve. And so I would argue that if you're in that position, you need to get an assistant really, because it will maximize your time. Now, there's a very specific way to work with an assistant, and that's one of the episodes that we're going to do actually later this year, is what are the things that we've learned, both as mistakes and successes, in working with either a virtual assistant or an in-person assistant. Because again, just like what we're talking about with the calendar, it never happens accidentally. 
Like you never find someone that it's like, oh my gosh, my assistant is just like, just so amazing. And we work so well together and, and we're just always in line and they've added so much value to this business. And I just get along with them so well. We're in, we're just in sync. We're in lockstep. That never happens on accident, right? It happens because of outrageous radical intentionality and incredible investments of time on the front end. So don't just expect that that's going to happen, but I really think that you should have one. And part of the reason why you should have one is so you can do the practice, the tactic that we're talking about right now. You have a weekly schedule evaluation where you ask yourself the question, how did the actual compare to the ideal? And then how do we need to iterate moving forward? And then you go and look at the weeks that are ahead. We look at typically the remainder of the month or the next month of the business. And we say, okay, compared to the ideal, how does the actual of what we're scheduling work? And this is just like creating a budget for your personal finances or your business finances. You're saying, these are the things that we need to do. How do we fit them in into what we have allocated? The ideal week exercise is only as valuable as your commitment to execution. And execution without evaluation isn't possible. You need to consistently and rhythmically and regularly and routinely evaluate where your time is going. So why do we schedule evaluation? Well, we schedule evaluation with someone beside us to help hold us accountable so that we can find focus, number one, and and really it's renewed focus. We can say, okay, this is what I need to be focused on. Maybe I didn't hit it last week, but this is what I need to be focused on excitement. A lot of times whenever I come back and I look back at my ideal week or I look at the weeks ahead, I, I renew my excitement. I get to say, oh my gosh, like we, we've got these priorities and, and I created these priorities because I was engaging in time leadership and now I need to execute on what we created because I was excited about these then. I need to be excited about these now. And then number three, it increases awareness. So valuable. I can't tell you how valuable it is for me just to walk through with Lane the weeks ahead for the next month or so. And just so I have this mental awareness of what's coming so that I can make sure that my priorities are guarded because I am responsible for guarding my priorities. And the only way I can guard my priorities as a leader and therefore serve my team and our customers is by making sure that I'm attending to evaluation. So schedule weekly evaluation. So let's walk through them again real quick. We're going to establish overarching seasonal priorities. We're going to create an ideal week template. We're going to schedule weekly evaluation. And then let's move to the final one. Shift from time leadership to time management. This is the big one, okay? We need to shift. Once we create all those priorities, we create the structure for how it occurs called the ideal week. Then we start making sure that we've got that weekly rhythm of evaluation. Now it's time to execute. And that's called time management because what did we say time management is focused on? It's focused on taking the plan that's been created and optimizing it for efficiency and effectiveness. So now you need to shift gears and say, okay, I engaged in time leadership here at the beginning of the year. And now for this season, I'm turning off the time leadership button and I'm turning on the time management button because I'm going to focus on execution. I'm going to put some feet to the plan. I'm actually going to take action on what we said we were going to do. But here's the dangerous piece. Too often we degrade and put down the word management. I want to tell you something. Management is incredibly necessary. 
Management is incredibly and outrageously necessary. Management is what systemizes things. Management is what makes things consistent. Management is what makes things dependable. We don't have to choose between leadership or management. Now, certainly there will be one that you're likely better at, and that's great. But too often I see that people use the word visionary as an excuse for lacking the discipline necessary to sustain focus. I'm going to say it again, and this is in your PDF. Too often, we use the word visionary, and I'm guilty of this, as an excuse because we lack the discipline necessary to sustain focus. Because we constantly have new ideas, and we say, oh, I want to focus on this priority, and then I want to focus on this priority, and I want to add this thing, and I want to add this thing. We don't, we're not visionary. We just have zero focus because we lack discipline. I, I love visionary people. I love the dreams and the ideas and the creativity. That's, that's one of your greatest gifts that you've been given, but you waste it whenever you don't take that vision and apply yourself to the focus necessary to establish consistent execution. So have ideas, be creative, but then once you choose your priorities, follow through Stick to those priorities because I'm going to, man, I'm going to put on coach Alex hat because this is something that I've seen just crush businesses and it makes leaders a nightmare to work with if they're not careful. Someone who has creativity without discipline is not a visionary. They're an amateur. If you have all this creativity and you have all these ideas and you just relentlessly pursue outrageous ideas all the time without ever choosing a sense of priority and saying, we're going to apply ourselves to the plan that's at hand. Number one, you, you are not effectively leading because people have no clue what they're actually following. And then number two, you're just lacking discipline. You're an amateur. You're not a professional. Professionals say, okay, we're going to have a vision for something great, something amazing. I want to make the Olympics in 2024. And then the professional says, now that we've got that audacious vision, now that we've got that bold idea of the future that we're chasing, we're going to apply ourselves to a relentless plan of execution. Have audacious vision, but pair that audacious vision with a relentless commitment to execution. This is the interplay. This is the interchange between time leadership, where we create the vision, and then time management, where we execute on the vision. So absolutely crucial. Don't use the word visionary as an excuse for lacking discipline. That doesn't fly within the Path for Growth community. That doesn't fly within my team. I take myself to task because I get so excited about the ideas that I want to pursue that I abandon the ones that I'm committed to. That rhymes. How good is that? I get so excited about the ideas that I want to pursue that I abandoned the ones that I'm already committed to. I heard a line once that said, commitment is when you fall in love with something so much that you put structure around it for the times when you no longer feel in love with it. This is why vision is so important because you've got to have something that will sustain your focus and sustain your excitement so that you don't just go chasing squirrels in every which direction. Prove that you actually want to do something meaningful by adhering to the plan that you create to get there. 
Wow, that was a lot, y'all. So we talked about the difference between time management and time leadership, and then we focused on four tactics for time leadership in this season. You need to establish overarching seasonal priorities. You need to create an ideal week template. You need to schedule weekly evaluation, and then you need to shift from time leadership, where we create the vision for our time, to time management, where we execute on the vision for our time. I hope that this was helpful. Again, I'm going to really encourage you to download the PDF for this episode, because that's going to really help you take all of these things and put them into action. We've got examples of my ideal week, and we want to be able to provide you with that resource. Finally, I'm so grateful to those of you that share this on social media. I see that, and thank you for tagging me as well. Really, really grateful that you're helping us get into the ears of people that don't yet know about Path for Growth and allowing us to serve impact-driven leaders in that way. And thank you to all of you who reviewed this episode of the podcast because we really, really value your feedback, and we really, really take it into account as we're moving forward. So remember, we're rooting for you. We want to see you win. My strength is not for me. Your strength is not for you. Our strength is for service. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go.